I will let General Kelly make that decision, and he's going to do what's right for the country, and I have no doubt he'll make the right decision. Presidential son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner has had his security clearance significantly downgraded, sources tell CNN. We do not comment on security clearances. The downgrade will prevent Kushner from viewing the nation's most sensitive secrets. You know, he's doing a great job on behalf of the president, and he's going to continue in his role. Hello, and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man who wants to take the guns away, Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. And once again, the White House seems to be engulfed in crisis. Jared Kushner has lost his security clearance. He and Ivanka are at war with White House Chief of Staff, for now, John Kelly. We'll be talking more about that in a moment. Hope Hicks is leaving as Donald Trump's fourth communications director because, as she says, well, there's never a good time to go. It's time to get the hell out of here. When there's this much crazy in Trump world, things that would, in any other administration, be huge stories get overlooked, such as the president going to war publicly again with his own attorney general. On Twitter, Trump called Jeff Sessions DISGRACEFUL, all caps, for only using an inspector general to investigate Trump's preposterous and unfounded allegations about the FBI abusing the FISA process when it was investigating Carter Page. This provoked a response from the usually stoic pincushion who heads the Justice Department. As long as I'm Attorney General, Sessions said, I will continue to discharge my duties with honor and integrity. Apparently, Trump privately called Sessions Mr. Magoo for the myopic and befuddled mid-century cartoon character everyone loves. I have to say, I kind of like that one, too. But it leaves the question of which cartoon character most resembles Donald Trump. Well, you know the answer to that question. It's Donald Duck, of course. Today on the show, what did Jared Kushner have to do to lose his security clearance? I'll be back to speak to Shane Harris of The Washington Post right after we do the tweets. Congressman Schiff omitted and distorted key facts at Fox News. So what else is new? He's a total phony. Finally, little Adam Schiff, the leaking monster of no control, is now blaming the Obama administration for Russian meddling in the 2016 election. He's finally right about something. Obama was president, knew of the threat, and did nothing. Thank you, Adam. Russians had no compromising information on Donald Trump at Fox News. Of course not. Question. If all of the Russian meddling took place during the Obama administration, right up to January 20th, why aren't they the subject of the investigation? Why didn't Obama do something about the meddling? Why are Dem crimes under investigation? Ask Jeff Sessions.
I'm joined in Slate's Washington studio by Shane Harris. Shane is the national security and intelligence correspondent for The Washington Post. Shane, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks, Jacob. I'm glad to be here. So you've been doing this terrific coverage of the issue of Jared Kushner's security clearance. And I believe the term we're supposed to use is downgraded. But basically, he can't see, as of this week, top secret material. What does that mean? Can he do the job he was doing without access to those kinds of documents or that level of classification? So the short answer to that question is no, you can't, because the kinds of things that were in his portfolio, let's take overseeing the Middle East Peace Initiative, for instance, you know, requires that you have access to things like NSA intercepts of foreign conversations. So you know what the people that you're negotiating with are thinking and how they might be lying to you and what you might want to push on them. And, you know, these are kinds of routine matters. You get prepped before you go into these things from really great sources of intel that you can't read with a secret level clearance. So this whole issue of him being downgraded, this is even kind of a new one. I'm not aware of ever a senior White House official, first of all, having had an interim clearance for 13 months, which is what he had, and then having that taken away and kind of being pushed down to the sort of the kids table, if you want, when it comes to the kind of stuff that he can see. So But previously, he had access to the kinds of stuff I'm describing. He got the president's daily brief every day, which Mm. is this kind of president's uh, personal newspaper that's produced by the CIA and NSA and the director of national intelligence. Can't have that anymore. He had a briefer who came and briefed him on that. That presumably that person is not doing that anymore either. And just in the past uh, 48 hours, I know there are intelligence reports that he was on as a regular kind of subscriber. Those are all being now unsubscribed effectively for him. So there's a lot of stuff that he had access to that's just gone now because he doesn't have the clearance for it. They've hit the unsubscribe button. But I mean, in the Middle East in particular, he's supposed to be in charge of it. So mechanically, how does this work? Did the briefers meet with him and say, well, there's some really important stuff that we can't tell you? Or does he just not know? And he's sort of going in without the benefit to meetings, without the benefit of basic information, and presumably information that the people across the table from him and other people on his side of the table know. Right. And he, so you're laying out the exactly the dilemma that he would have here. My guess is that we will find in the coming days he's not doing those jobs anymore. Um, if he were to, there's a way that you could do this so that you could kind of give him access to things like diplomatic cables and reports that would be either watered down versions of what he was seeing or would sort of be basic information. But I don't know how you solve the issue of him being in charge of this whole sort of master strategy and not being able to read the fundamental material that you need to do that job. So if he is continuing to nominally do the job of overseeing Mideast peace or negotiations with China and with Mexico. He's either doing it at a sort of handicapped level, if you want, I mean, he's being taken down several notches, or it's just really doing it in name only. So security clearances are one of those things that, well, a lot of liberals tend to be a little bit hypocritical about because when it's, you know, someone in a Democratic White House who's having trouble getting getting one, oh, it's a bureaucratic hangup, it's just routine, it's the FBI being difficult. But now we're treating how dare Jared Kushner do anything? How dare Trump appoint someone without a full security clearance? I mean, how important is the security clearance really? And what is it protecting us against? Well, one way to think about this is that information is classified based on the damage it could do if it was leaked, Mm. right? So if you're talking about something that is classified at the top secret and above level, the code word level, they say sometimes, 
Uh, the damage from releasing that or exposing it could be that you lose the source of information. So maybe somebody who is your spy gets rounded up. Uh, maybe, when, say, the president leaks some of that information, <clears throat> which he is uniquely allowed to do, right? Uh, uniquely allowed to do and has yes, yes. <laughs> in the Oval Office to, uh, to his, uh, his, the folks from Russia who came calling. Um, so the information is classified based on that level. So what you're talking about with a clearance, and it gets, it, you're right, it gets very bureaucratic. And there are something like three million people who have secret level clearances, which is kind of preposterous. The government overclassifies a lot. But at the level you're talking about someone like Jared Kushner working, he is privy to information that if it were leaked or if it were exposed to our allies and our adversaries alike, it could do real damage. So that is, that's why ultimately at his level, I think the security clearance process becomes more important than for the many, many people who have secret level clearances kind of as just a ticket to entry to get in the building or wh wherever they're working in government. So is what's happening with, with Jared not getting the top level clearance for 13 months, is that the FBI essentially saying we don't trust him with this information? It's hard to know exactly what the FBI thinks on the level of trust. But what we do know is that the nature of the contacts that Jared Kushner has had with foreign governments, and in particular, some conversations that he was having with officials in foreign governments were an impediment to him getting a security clearance. Now, we have to kind of infer a few things from that. We know, for instance, that there were officials in other countries that were intercepted by our intelligence agencies talking about Jared as essentially an easy mark that they could influence, somebody who had no experience in government, somebody whose uh, family real estate company had a lot of debt. It's trying to find investors for, uh, publicly trying to do so. And then we know he's talking with other foreign officials in ways that cause people some concern. We don't know specifically what was said on those calls, but I think that we're in the universe of their being, and there has been publicly, concerns about his business interests and his public interests now as a public servant intermingling and influencing each other. Something about the nature of his contacts with foreign people has become a stumbling block to him ever getting a clearance. And it could be either of those issues separately or together, right? Mm -hmm. It could be that he's a babe in the woods and just doesn't get it and you sort of can't trust him to know what's, what's properly secret and he doesn't have the experience or the professionalism. Or it could be the conflict of interest. Yeah. And particularly the ability to manipulate i.e. induce him, bribe him, or blackmail him, right? right? That's what we're worried about here. That's exactly what we're worried about. These background investigations, the reason that they are so rigorous and they go into – I mean, literally, you have to list for something at his level – Foreign contacts that you've had, the exact dates, the nature of those conversations. And if that information is incorrect or incomplete, the FBI or whoever's doing the background investigation will come back to you and say, no, 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 we need more information here. And remember, Kushner has amended that list already three times. The first time he submitted his application, there were no names. Uh, and that uh, obviously he says that was an error, but that's a little unusual. I for think we had a sketch about that on the <clears throat> last uh, edition of Trumpcast. Right, yeah. right. Um, so, you know, there, it's precisely though, as you say, it's to avoid someone being bribed, <clears throat> being manipulated, being blackmailed. It's one of the reasons why they look at your financial history. I mean, if you have serious credit card debt, that is a red flag because it could make you open to getting paid off. This is somebody whose family real estate <laughs> company has a $1.2 billion debt coming due in 2019 on a piece of property in Manhattan. That's also not a secret. That was already known before he even applied for a clear. So if you're in the real estate business the way he did and you essentially put a billion dollars of real estate on your credit card, what you've got to do – I mean if there's an ethical way to serve in government, it's to completely separate yourself from that business, never allow there to be any confusion about why someone is talking to you. If someone has business interests with your family, 
you're not going to they're not going to meet with you in the White House. Doesn't seem like Jared observed that distinction very clearly, does it? It it seems like it was perhaps in name only. But yeah, we've seen a number of instances where it looks like he is not completely at arm's length from what his family is doing. And if we kind of rewind the tape back to when Trump was coming into office and ethics off ethics watchdog groups were all saying that the nature of Trump and Kushner and the family members' businesses were such that it was going to pose these extraordinary conflicts of interest that were not going to be easily overcome. We're seeing the consequences of that now playing out with Kushner and his inability to get the security clearances he needs to do his job. So when you think about it, and again, we don't know precisely what it was about these foreign contacts that he had that made people doing the background investigation so concerned. But it does appear is that these conflicts of interest that everyone knew was there are essentially a fundamental impediment to him being able to work in the White House. So according to this report, we picked up four countries were in some way trying to manipulate him. I believe it was Israel, Mexico, United Arab, Arab Emirates. What was the fourth? China. One? China. It was yeah. not Russia. Right. China. Right. Right. So that we know of. Right. That, <laughs> good. Good. We caveat. said at least four. Yeah. But let's talk about each of those for a minute and what we might be talking about, what they might want from him. Now, with Israel, obviously, his his uh, father-in-law has appointed him to lead the the process on the Middle East. But one thing we know about Jared and the Kushner family, they're extremely pro-Israel and pro-Netanyahu. I mean, what does the Netanyahu government probably uh, possibly want from Jared Kushner that he's not giving them without any manipulation at all? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, one thing we to, to, that we should think about uh, when we're thinking about what any foreign government would want is they're always trying, even our allies too, are trying to manipulate or influence people over to their side. So it maybe it could be a very discreet policy issue that they were interested in. Uh, this also could be, you know, them saying, this is great. Jared Kushner's in here. He's our guy. He's going to do whatever we want. So we don't know exactly the content. But like Sheldon it. Adelson paying to move the embassy to Jerusalem, which is a thing that's under debate right now, whether that's allowed, right? Maybe they yeah. just, we don't know that, but that could be the kind of thing where they want some help from their friend and they're figuring out. Precisely. And, and we might have heard them talking about how to get him to do this. Right, right. And when you're talking about also, when you're talking about peace negotiations, right, this gets down to very fine points. It could be any number of things, but if they're isolating him as somebody in this case who doesn't really know how government works, who has no history at all in the in the peace process, he may have some knowledge that he came to government with just by dint of him being interested in the topic, but he essentially comes to it as a clean slate, if you will. And so you could imagine people in Israel thinking, all right, what are the things that we need to really get him on our side about? I, I want to be fair to the doe-eyed Jared Kushner. Realistically, China can't bail out his family real estate business any anymore. Isn't the fact that he's gone into government in this role and there is this high-profile issue, hasn't that actually hurt his business and made it impossible to get the kind of help from another country's from a financial interest, financial company investor, lender in another company, he might have gotten otherwise. It certainly seems that way in the, <clears throat> in the near term, right? I mean, so there has been uh, – it's been reported that he was talking to Ongbang, the big Chinese insurance company, about potential investment in the property at 666 Fifth Avenue. And they pulled out of that they after there was a lot it. of publicity. Right. It. And this, been this week, the Chinese authorities actually took over Ongbang. Right. Uh, so it's essentially become, I guess, a ward of the state now. So if you stay in the Waldorf, you're, you're, the check's going directly to the Chinese <laughs> exactly, government. Exactly. Straight into Xi Jinping's bank. Um, but you're right, I think, Jacob, that this the, the, the visibility that Kushner has and these you know manifest conflicts of interest, which we know about and people in other governments know about too, it does seem like it's been an impediment. That said, I think it's important to remember 
you know, Jared can kind of go through whatever period, however long he's going to last in the administration. And then when he comes out, those conflicts are no longer there anymore. So it's not as if the roadblock that he's facing right now is going to be a permanent one for him. Shane, I try to follow every byway of conflicts of interest in the Russia scandal, but I will admit that when I see the term Deutsche Bank, my eyes glaze over. I cannot understand what this issue is about. Can you explain it to me? It, it, it gets a little confusing for me too. But I mean, the, the question here with Deutsche Bank, I think broadly speaking when it comes to Trump world, is they were the only real bank that was lending to Donald Trump when he was desperately in need of cash to bail out some of his businesses and his property. When no, when American banks had cut him, cut him off because he'd stiffed them and he was a bad credit. He was on their blacklist effectively. Precisely, right. So, I mean, I think the interest in Deutsche Bank is what exactly did they see in Donald Trump as making him a worthwhile uh, uh, person to lend money to when nobody else saw it? And, you know, I mean, look, on the, on the Trump-Russia beat, I mean – Deutsche Bank kind of occupies this place of, you know, of suspicion and mystery uh, that a lot of reporters, I think, are trying to, to home in on. Uh, but it is, it is still, you know, the, the whole question of where Trump's money is coming from, uh, that is something that the Senate Intelligence Committee has been interested in. We understand now that it's something that the FBI and Bob Mueller's team are looking at. Uh, and so when you are the bank of record loaning this kind of money, both to Trump and to Kushner, uh, I think it only seems logical that you would want to know more about how they arrived at those arrangements. And back to, to Jared, he seems to have gotten into this death struggle with General Kelly. There are a lot of questions about that. First of all, if you're General Kelly, why do you want to get into a death struggle with the president's son-in-law? Because if only one person can win, it seems unlikely that it will be you. Now, it's possible that's an exit strategy, or it's possible that his hand was forced. It was just there was no way that he could have, as a public servant, approved the security clearance for Jared Kushner. But what's your political read on what's been happening here? What was Cal Why did this happen, and why did it happen now? I think the proximate cause of it is Rob Porter. Yeah. Um, I think had the allegations not surfaced that Porter had abused his ex-wives, and then the, new, then the focus that came with that on the fact that Rob Porter had an interim security clearance, which raises the question of, well, what is this guy even doing in the White House, much less didn't you vet this person before you gave him this position, created this kind of moment of opportunity, I think, for Kelly. And I should be clear, I don't know what, exactly what Kelly's motivations right. were, although I think it's well known for people who cover the White House that he would like Jared to no longer be there. It may not be anything personal, but I think he probably views Jared and Ivanka as an impediment to the good functioning as he sees, he sees it of the White House. A lot of heat comes on Kelly as the guy who is essentially Rob Border's boss. Why does he still have a security clearance? The questions of clearances fall directly in, in, in General Kelly's portfolio. So this creates a moment to say, well, OK, well, maybe we have the security problem, clearance problem we should take advantage of. Not long after the Porter story breaks, Kelly puts out this memo saying for people who have interim top secret compartment clearances whose applications have been pending since June 1st or before, uh, you no longer have it, which kind of looks like read Jared Kushner. Yeah. Right? It's the way of him taking that clearance Away, And what I was really expecting, this was going to create sort of a, a do or die kind of moment for Jared where Trump was going to have to come in and essentially say, I'm giving him the clearance anyway, you know, FBI investigation be damned. And he can do that. 
The president could give you a clearance and me a clearance. He can give it to anybody he wants. But he's deferred to Kelly on the clearances. He, yeah. he said it's not my call. He deferred to Kelly. Kelly very publicly at a uh, at a joint press conference that he did uh, about a week or so ago and said, and I know General Kelly will make the right decision. And I you know if I, if, as watching this, I thought, oh, this really means the president you know, Kelly's going to give him the clearance. He didn't. He downgraded it the following uh, couple days later. So in that particular battle – Kelly wins. That does not necessarily, though, mean that Jared Kushner is out of the White House. He still has an interim clearance just at the secret level, which is also still a little weird, right? He did, he couldn't get a final clearance, but he still has a much lower clearance. But it is still clearance. He can see things that you and I aren't authorized to see. But that aren't that important. They're not that important. But I mean, if we're just talking about the consistency the of The stuff people thing. leak to every day. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah. Uh, but if it, it, it's, it's not an internally consistent argument, right? If he's not able to get a top secret clearance, but right. we'll, we'll kind of let him hang on with the secret thing. And maybe that's a little bit of a compromise, too. But if you're Kelly, I mean, if you're going to shoot at the Dauphin, you better kill the Dauphin. And it doesn't seem like he did, right? So is it possible the result of this is that Kushner and Kelly are clearly enemies now? Is it possible result that Kelly will be out and they'll get someone in there who will give Jared the clearance? I mean, possibly. And, you know, just in the past day or so, you know, from White House reporting that we've done has revealed that even normally calm people inside the White House are freaking out about the level of sort of palace intrigue and drama that's going on. Their tensions feel very, very high. I think Jared and Ivanka have made it very clearly known they would like Kelly to be the one to go. So Kelly like wins this sort of, you know, first round, if you will, vis-a-vis the security clearance. But that's not the end of it. And now he's given a very strong incentive, it seems to me, to to Jared and Ivanka and other critics of his to say, no, he should be the one to go. Or it's just a battle to see who wants the hell out first. Right. I mean, it is the, the, the palace seems to be in flames. Everything's collapsing. At some point, you have to think, Jared and Ivanka, why do they want to be there? What do they get out of it? It's a question that I've asked myself a lot, actually, is, you know, what, what precisely is it that makes Jared Kushner want to take on this impossible portfolio of issues? I mean, let's be clear about that. That is, it is a ridiculous amount of things he's been given. The Middle East Peace Initiative, bilateral agreements with trade um, with China and Mexico, reinventing and streamlining government, information technology modernization. I mean, it's such a huge list of things that it's almost meaningless. No one person could do that. But furthermore, why put yourself directly in this drama? He's now exposed himself with this security clearance to this you know, enormous scrutiny of his financial records, which all are now somewhere sitting in an FBI file. Um, I just like question, you know, what Ultimately, is it worth it? I mean, is that what the level of loyalty is in that family? I mean, was it that Ivanka wanted to be there and Jared came along? I mean, we'll eventually learn sort of what it was that really drove them. But I have you to think? think that, well, I mean, eventually, maybe it'll be years if <laughs> we finally get it. But I mean, it, it strikes me that like this has been just a huge headache for the two of them. And for him in particular, as a business person who already was facing this pretty significant challenge with this property on Fifth Avenue, which the company says, no, it's not a huge part of our, our, our asset base, we're going to be okay. It's only brought scrutiny and only made it that much harder to to sort of go back to being Jared Kushner. Right. It's been bad for his family business. Yeah, that's and, right. You know, it's increasing the amount of jeopardy therein. It's creating legal jeopardy all over the place. I mean, if you were to go back in many ways, people like me who are screaming about conflict of interest would have it a lot worse if he bailed out because then we would have no basis for inquiring into – he wouldn't have to fill out any disclosure forms. He could talk to – 
Anbang and Chinese, the Chinese and Emirates and whoever he wants all day, and he would still have the family connection. They would have the same incentives to do things that might be corrupting. Yeah, he'll still he'll still have all that. The one thing that he's not going to be able to shed, though, is now the 13 months of baggage he has of being a central player in the White House. He's in the eye of the storm in the Mueller probe. Um, He is presumably a fact witness to many things that Bob Mueller wants to know about. He may himself be uh, presumably at some point a target of the investigation. We don't think that's the case yet. Um, But he can't escape that. So even if he were to leave the White House, he has not left the storm that has completely engulfed this White House. So what's the morning line over in the Post newsroom? Who's going to be the uh, last one on the island? Or I I guess the (laughs) apprentice, who's going to be the, you know, is it going to be Kelly or is it going to be Kushner who's going to survive? You know, if I had to guess at this point, I would probably put money on family. I mean, this seems to be the thing that Donald Trump prizes above all, to the extent that he has loyalties. They seem to be mostly uh, geared towards his family. And, you know, I I question, too, how much longer Kelly wants to, to put up with this. I mean, at some point, you have to figure, all right, I came in here to do a job. I believed I could do a good job. But if the cards are stacked against me, uh, and this is just more trouble than it's worth, you know, maybe I should call it quits and get out. I mean, I do think that Kelly very much views what he's doing as public service. I think that is that he is sincere when he says that that is ingrained in him and ingrained in his family. Um, but yeah, if you were, if you were, I mean, I, I don't make any predictions anymore, but if I, were, <laughs> if, I were, if I were putting my money on one horse or the other, I'd put it, I'd put it on Jared. I've been speaking to Shane Harris of the Washington Post. Shane, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jacob. This was really fun. Thanks. That's it for today's show. Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon. John DiDomenico is our voice of Donald Trump. And hey, have you checked out Lexicon Valley? It's Slate's podcast about language. We love it here at Trumpcast. Well, I love it. And we're not the only ones. Here's the host, John McWhorter, talking to Stephen Colbert on The Late Show earlier this week. What's changing now? Like right now? Well, in our language, what's something you notice that's changing now? You can feel it happening in real time. It's fascinating. You can check out the show wherever you listen to podcasts or go to slate.com slash lexicon valley. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. Trumpcast.